some clouds, muggy and warm. It'll drop to lows about 70 or so in the morning. Again, the humidity on the higher side with those warm temperatures tomorrow. Another warm day, partly cloudy to cloudy at times. Tomorrow's highs go to the mid-80s. We'll be under more clouds and a chance of a shower and thunderstorm on Thursday. An approaching front will enhance that rain chance Thursday night on into Friday, where it turns slightly cooler by then. 80s for highs Thursday, 70s Friday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Microphone sooner. It's the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. That's what that music always means at this time every day. And also an hour from now, we start the show with that music. And it's it's been around for a long time. I don't think it's been around for as long as the food show itself has been around, which is coming up in 33 years. It started off with the Columbus, Goodbye Columbus theme. I think it switched a few years into it. But anyway, you are familiar with that music. The Tom Fitzmorris Food Show is here. And I'd love to talk to you. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Tom has had a busy morning. We'll probably not be showing up to say hello today. He had lunch at Andrea's. They like to visit every now and then. And he went over there to have some lunch with Andrea. And I ran around doing some errands. And... uh, and I grabbed a little bite of food. Actually, I ran around to do a lot of errands. Um, the crawfish investigations continue just because I'm really intrigued by it now. So I stopped at Schaefer and Rusich and Captain Sid's and Dennis's seafood, which we hear about all the time whenever uh, Michael 75 is on about how much he loves Dennis's seafood. So I um, I got a pound from this one and two pounds from that one and two pounds from that one, and I'm going to combine them again and make some more of that crawfish dip, which is just like crack to me, and I, I just can't resist making more. Also, I have items left over that I want to use, so I have more sour cream and... So I'm going to make some more of that. And I was sampling it right before the show started, and I was trying to decide which one of them I liked better. And I didn't really get to enough of a sampling to say which one I like the best, but I'm going to go back (laughs) at the top of the hour news and have another two of each one and see. I was trying to go to drive through Crawfish yesterday, and we went to, Tom and I, we've done a lot of eating, actually, since we last spoke. Um, yesterday was Tuesday, and that means that it's, of course, Taco Tuesday. 
So if we had gone to Forks and Corks, they would have had their Taco Tuesday there. But uh, we didn't. We went to um, Cafe Lynn, which is where I first discovered the drive through crawfish phenom. And so I thought, okay, we're going to go to Cafe Lynn. We'll have dinner. I'll pick up some more of the um, drive through crawfish and I can make some more of the dip. So we get there and just as we're pulling up, the little crawfish character with a person inside of it has a sign they're holding sold out. This was like 4.30. So Tom decided, well, you know, I don't really know that I want to eat here anyway. So we drove along. We were on our way to um, Forks and Corks for their Taco Tuesday. And then um, Tom said, well, I don't know. I don't want to go there either. So I said, well, we're not going to keep driving back and forth. These are your two offer opportunities. So we swung back and did a uh, U-turn and got back to <laughs> Cafe Lynn again, whereupon I saw that they had miscalculated and opened the line again. And there were a bunch more cars in there, but they had closed it again saying that was all they had to sell. So I missed the drive through crawfish yesterday. And we went to Cafe Lynn and I said, look, I, I walked over and I said, look, if you miscalculate and as you're cleaning up, you discover a pound or two of crawfish, I'm over at Cafe Lynn, I'm gonna check and see, I'd like you to sell it to me. And they said, sure, we will. So after we ordered appetizers, I walked over just to check and make sure, and they were completely done. They were completely cleaning up, and there was no crawfish at the drive-through place. So I need, I know now that I need to get there before four o'clock. So we didn't get drive-through crawfish, which meant that I had to get some more crawfish. So I was across the lake today, and I decided to sample some of the. Um, some of the heavy hitters from over there. So I've got three bags of three different crawfish from uh, Captain Sid's, from Schaefer and Rusich, and from Dennis's. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. The real food that I ate today was uh, from the little place that we discovered a week or so ago, the Gumbo Crew. I was intrigued enough by the food last week that I wanted to finish having a look at what they did. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they do, but, you know, and Tom has always done, his rule has always been three visits to a restaurant before he reviews them. And since he's not necessarily doing that anymore, I am pretty much just doing a one-stop visit with a whole bunch of stuff. So, um... We got, the last time, I think we had the uh, shrimp, no, it wasn't shrimp, it was oyster and catfish fried platter, seafood gumbo, the crawfish boulets, and there seemed to be another thing. There was a, a third thing, I thought, that we got. And uh, I went back today for... The fried onion rings, which are house cut, and the loaded baked, not baked potato, the loaded cheese fries, which I really like and like to just compare them. And there was a special, a redfish special with crawfish sauce for $18.
and uh, it, you got one side with that. So I ordered a uh, mac and cheese side for that. So I, I, after I ordered all that, I thought, you know, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna also see if they have the chicken andouille gumbo, which they didn't have ready the last time I was there. So I didn't stay. I pretty much had a little bit of everything and then packed it up to bring it home and save it. And uh, so I was just like driving around picking up food today. And it was, you know, it was good. The, that little place is good. I, I like it. I think it's, uh, it's got a lot of potential to be a, a, a good little neighborhood place in that neighborhood. It's adorable on the inside, very unexpected. And uh, the food is quite good. I think they're, I think they're still figuring out their kitchen situation because, you know, that seemed to be a little rough. It takes a while to get the food there. I will say that. But everything I've had, I really like. The uh, cheese fries were good. And you probably think, well, you know, how far wrong can you go with cheese fries? Well, you, there's there are better than others, you know, and this was pretty good. Um, I find something that it's kind of a thread through their thing, their food. There's an odd flavor in things. That's not a. That sounds. That sounds weird. It sounds derogatory. It's not. It's just an unexpected flavor. So I got the onion rings, which were neither thick nor thin, but medium, and they were good. They were not. I don't know that I like onion rings that are double battered with a really hard kind of shell on them. I'd prefer to see a little bit of the onion peeking through, which is what these were. They were quite good. They were uh, greaseless for the most part. They were um, they were not in, an, in a loaf, but they were kind of stuck together. Clearly, onion rings, uh, lightly battered, and then they were served with this remoulade sauce, which had an unusual flavor in it. It was not a bad flavor. It was just different than you usually see, which I think must be a goal of theirs, to be serving the same kind of cliche New Orleans food, but different. And it's different in a way that I find neither especially appealing nor unappealing, just different. It's like, oh, there's a different flavor. Do I need to make sure I come back here just to get that flavor? No. Is it going to keep me from going back to get that flavor? No. It's just, wow, this is different. And uh, that was true last time. There was a, a flavor in the gumbo. There was a flavor in the sauce, the the remoulade sauce for the onion rings. And I asked for a dipping sauce for the cheese fries and there was a different flavor in that too. So they, I guess, um, do different things. They do try different things. Um, the redfish, it was a red snapper with a crawfish sauce and I ordered mac and cheese I, I, I saw the mac and cheese and I, I said, boy, this is just going to be really ordinary mac and cheese. But it was not. It was good. It was, it looked very ordinary, 
but it had uh, some interesting cheese in there and it was not odd cheese. It was like a sharp, sharp cheddar, but it was really good. It was very simple. It was like, you know, cream sauce, some pepper and elbow macaroni. And it was, but it was good. I thought it was good. The, the crawfish sauce was really good. And, uh, and I, I, I say that this is a very, um, very welcome addition, I'm sure, to that neighborhood. And if you are in that neighborhood or not far from that neighborhood and are looking for someplace different, but um, not, you know, not ultra gourmet or, or just like a neighborhood place, I would definitely recommend this place. It's the Gumbo Crew. And uh, the first time we went through was last week. We went through the drive-through, and this time I ordered in the place, and then took it out. and uh, And I like it. It's it's got a lot of promise. I would say five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll be back after these messages. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood... The best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. You make me feel so young. True, true, true. Beautiful day outside as I sit here looking through the big picture windows. It's uh, a little on the warm side. Reminds me that the warm, warm weather is coming. 5569696 five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. It's crawfish season, as everyone knows. The celebration of the best part of crawfish season here in Louisiana continues. It is Crawfish Pie Day today. Crawfish pie became famous outside the precincts where it's most enjoyed through the agency of Hank Williams' hit song, Jambalaya. That song created a three-way combo that Cajun restaurants offer to this day. Jambalaya, crawfish pie, filet gumbo. Crawfish pie starts with the same ensemble of ingredients you'd use to make crawfish etouffee, but with no tomato and less liquid. It's also enriched with a little cream and thickened with a touch of egg. Although the classic crawfish pie is made in a standard but small pie shell, my prefer Tom's preference is to make it as a turnover, baked or fried, which you see quite often now. I'm seeing a lot of crawfish hand pies. 
And more than that, I'm seeing crawfish jambalaya hand pies. So I guess they're working from that song too, but thankfully there's no um, filet gumbo in it. Today in 1932, Charlie's Steakhouse opened on Dryad Street of Lockoff Napoleon, right where it is today. Charles Petrosi started it, turned it over to his children decades later. One of them was Dottie Bennett, who waited tables in the restaurant for decades. She was in her 90s when she passed away in 2017. She still showed up at Charlie's now and then, almost to the end of her life. Matthew Dwyer, who bought Charlie's and renovated after the hurricane, also recently passed away. So after the hurricane, we went to Charlie's and they had resuscitated their pewter dishes. So not much had changed except that Charlie's had been greatly spruced up. And it's reopened again after the death of Matt Dwyer. So if anyone has been to Charlie's in the last few months, we'd love for you to call us and give us a report. We have not made it there yet. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We have Stan Meadows coming on today at three to talk about his travels. He, I believe, is no longer in Oklahoma, but is now in Missouri, and he'll be checking in with us at his usual time, three o'clock, to uh, give us a report on all of the food that he brought back from Arkansas last week. We talked to him, and he was with. Um, Ed Richard, who is one of those people who is a patron, not a patron, but a, uh, an expat from this area. He's from Lafayette, actually, and has a restaurant in, in uh, Arkansas. And there's, I think, a growing number of those kinds of places. And so it was also a store, which it often is, and that's kind of intriguing, I guess, for people who eat that kind of food, if they want to try to do it at home, they are there offering the raw ingredients to do that. So all of these places, not all of them, but a lot of them are part eatery, part store, and stand loaded up on the ingredients of this area and uh, brought it in the motor home with him and is off and running again, or I should say off and tooling because you can't really run much in one of those gigantic um, motor homes. You can just sort of lope along. I call it um, harumpty dumpting. <laughs> harumpty dump, harumpty dump. Uh, I used to really, really curse those uh, vehicles when I lived in Arizona. I was much, much younger. I worked in the personnel office of the, um, of, it's not, it's of Grand Canyon National Park Lodges, which took over for Fred Harvey. For people who are not familiar with the Fred Harvey Company, it is kind of credited with civilizing the West by opening restaurants on the routes of trains and often in national parks. And they had a contract between the National Park Service and Fred Harvey at most, all, not most all, all of the national parks 
for a time. They had sort of the monopoly on that. And then it was changed to Grand Canyon National Park Lodges, and I, I worked there for a time. And living in that area, you would, I mean, we did every weekend, got on the road to go explore some more of that area. But invariably, on the mountains, you would be behind a motorhome, which was going five miles an hour, and five miles an hour, and it was in the mountains and on winding, curvy roads, so you were stuck behind these kinds of vehicles. So I used to tease my niece when, we, when she called a year or two ago that uh, those were the kinds of vehicles that I spent, and I'm sure a lot of people spend a lot of time cursing if they are locked behind them. So, so I can assure you that Stan is not speeding along in his motorhome. He's actually parked most of the time. I mean, he's, he's taking his good old time to traverse the country and is spending uh, extended periods of time in the, quote, resorts. But anyway, he'll be calling in at 3, and uh, we'll get a report on what he's been up to lately. Today in 1958, the mostly instrumental song Tequila by the champs hit number one of the pop charts the only word <laughs> the only word spoken in the number is the title i remember that song as i'm as i'm thinking about it right now henry does that song ring a bell to you because uh, i i kind of get check in with the millennial every now and then but it's i think it goes the dun 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 is that right <laughs> i i recognize the melody but i couldn't tell you what it is yeah, I think that's it. It goes and then 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 tequila, and that's. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that really is all there is to the song. Uh, if you can find it, um, it would be fun to listen to, just because uh, I I'm not sure if I'm right about that. So call me if I'm not five five six nine six nine six. The deaf dining rule today, number 838, is you can have fun picking and eating wild berries, but no matter how many you find and eat, you will still need lunch afterwards. I don't know if I'm qualified to dispute that or not, but I think our daughter is. Uh, she is able to put down really astonishing amounts of berries at one sitting buckets and buckets of them since she was a little girl she's been able to do that and and has done it as recently as maybe last year we have a large tract of land not far from where we live and over the years the blackberries have proliferated to the point where we would go down and pick the blackberries in a in a a dense dense painful maze with snakes but um not long after we did it they came down and mowed the whole thing down and so it took years for it to grow back and by that time the kids were gone but mary lee every now and then will go hit it again because it's grown back two or three more times since then and it is it is dense it is not pleasant to be in a giant berry patch that is really, really packed with brambles. Words to drink by today are from Francois Rabelais, a French author who is, I guess, very um, self-aware. <laughs> the words to drink by are, I drink no more than a sponge. 
Actually, if you think about that, a sponge really can't drink that much. So maybe I don't drink any more than a sponge either because I don't drink very much. But I'm thinking of all the stuff that I would drink, I think if I squeezed out a sponge, it would probably be about the same. I don't think those are meant to be thought about quite that much, but it is, you know, kind of curious. The Edible Dictionary Word of the Day today is brought to you by Dorignex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. The Edible Dictionary Word is serviceberry. Serviceberry. An edible and quite delicious berry that grows on small trees. I think we... I was going to say, I think we have people on the line, although I don't know why I'm... Henry, are you, can I hear you or can you hear me? Because, oh, okay. So there are people on the phone? Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said in a text. I got a text from you. All right, I didn't read it all the way. They're distantly related to apples, service berries are. Service berries grow throughout most of the eastern half of the United States and into Canada where they like them quite a lot. They're called... Saskatoons, the city in Saskatchewan is named for them. Birds love service berries, which is why they rarely make it to market. Trees must be completely covered with netting for any fruit to make it to ripeness. They're very dark purple when at their best, which is usually in June. Hence, another name for them, June berries. Our son is growing trees in his backyard in California, and he has... I think an apple tree, which I'm surprised by, although they grow them in Washington state. But the apples have weighed down these tiny little branches to where they just sort of droop over. And I don't know how that's going to work out for the poor tree, but it is an interesting sight. It is 2.30 right now in time for the bottom of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. We'll be back with more after this. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Home of Senator Mike Fessy decides not to move forward with his bill to require juvenile to get written consent from both parents to receive gender therapy in Louisiana. Senate Health and Welfare Chairman Fred Mills says he received 400 calls in opposition to the legislation, and Melissa Flournoy with Louisiana Progress Action spoke against the bill. What are the unintended consequences of this legislation? Is unnecessary involvement of state government in the private affairs of families. A House committee passed another bill that would allow people in Louisiana, 21 and older, without a felony record, to carry a concealed handgun without needing a state permit or training. Moms Demand Action member Nanette Olivier spoke out against the bill. She says polling available suggests there's no popular support for this. Your constituents, 73%, oppose what's in this bill. So I don't know um, who you're representing. The committee vote was 8-4 in favor, LRN. There are new forms of the coronavirus. Just what we needed, right? Yeah. So we wondered, are we doing enough to protect ourselves and our son? Turns out we are. Because things like well-fitted masks, six feet of space, avoiding crowds, all of that still works. And getting vaccinated, you know, when it's our turn. COVID may not be letting up, but neither are we. We can do this. Learn more at cdc.gov coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
Smart shoppers will tell you they found it on HighBid.com. HighBid.com lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items, and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. HighBid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. It's easy to search and easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HighBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com. And see what everyone is talking about. WGSO is holding a radiothon this weekend, April 30th through May 2nd, starting Friday night at 6 p.m. We will be talking about the things that makes WGSO different from all of the other corporately owned radio stations in New Orleans. We are hoping that you, our listeners, will get involved by calling in and donating to our 75 for 75 campaign. Our 75 for 75 campaign's goal is to raise $75,000 to commemorate our 75th anniversary and that can be used for the upkeep of WGSO 990 AM. Don't forget that our online auction is live on WGSO.com, and you can bid on wonderful items such as trips, artwork, Saints at LSU memorabilia, and much more. The bidding will end Sunday night at midnight, so bid soon and bid often. Join us all weekend long to celebrate WGSO's commitment to being the community voice of the Crescent City. I get misty just holding your hand. In addition to all of the other things that Tom has collected in terms of information throughout the years, both uh, locally and in the universe of food, he knows chefs' birthdays. And today is the birthday of two chefs. Well, at, at least these two chefs. Uh, one of them is local and quiet, and the other is national and out there. And one of them is Richard Hughes. Happy birthday to Richard Hughes. We don't know how old he is or when he was born, but he is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to him. He first attracted our notice when he worked for Eiler Pope at Dante by the River, where Brightson's is now. He moved on to New York City and was the chef of a very well-liked restaurant serving this kind of food called Memphis. It was a Louisiana food restaurant. Some of his chef partners and he started the Pelican Club in July of 1990. After the hurricane, Richard took full control of the restaurant. He is definitely one of the quietest and flies below the radar, but keeps an excellent kitchen and a really great restaurant that has been a tremendous boon to the dining scene in the city of New Orleans. So happy birthday to Richard Hughes. The other chef who is uh, very well known nationally and internationally really is Alice Waters and she was born today in 1944. She, she was really a profound presence in the dining world. She was the founder of Chez Panisse in, uh, in Berkeley. Chez Panisse, I think, in Berkeley. It, it, she uh, started a movement to improve the quality of restaurant food. I'm trying to think of when she actually became really well-known. 
I would say 70s and very much so by the 80s, but her inspiration was in tirelessly searching for the best possible ingredients and encouraging farmers to raise better quality foodstuffs with as few artificial additives and techniques as possible. She led the movement toward organic foods in restaurants and in doing so became one of the three or four most influential figures in the modern American restaurant industry. I think that's definitely true. She, uh, she inspired so many chefs and cookbook authors and farmers and diners, really, and uh, has kind of, I won't say single-handedly, but certainly been a driving force in the elevation of restaurants and restaurant food to being something better than the kind of restaurants we were talking about yesterday. You know, the Victoria's Secret and the Ichabod's Galley slab of prime rib salad bar. We've elevated considerably since what was considered fine dining in the 70s, and a lot of that has to do with Alice Waters. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here in the Tom Fitzmorris food chair. Keeping it warm. Tom's been at this a long time. 33 years. We'd love for you to talk to us about food. It is a long and winding yellow brick road. Could go off in any direction and often does. So last night I did not get to do drive through crawfish, but we did eat at Cafe Lynn. It is always a delight to eat there, first of all, and always a puzzle, because whenever we go to Cafe Lynn, it is quiet. It is not a buzzing restaurant with every table filled. It is always quiet. And I wonder two things about that how they're doing, and secondly, uh, why? Because it's delicious. It's a really, really yummy place to eat. The menu is pretty extensive, and uh, it is really gourmet. I mean, this is a chef from the A-list restaurants across the lake, and uh, one of the many couples who moved to the North Shore to raise a family it's a mom-and-pop operation, and uh, it is really, really good. We did not get the duck confit, which if you are into duck confit, this is a terrific version of it. Highly recommended. It is um, an appetizer, a small version, or you can get two leg quarters for a dinner price. And we often do get that, but didn't get it yesterday. Tom got escargot, which is served not in the little metal dishes, you know, where you have each individual snail parked in there. It was served in a long ramekin just swimming in this delicious garlic butter sauce. And then I got my usual... I'm 
I'm a creature of habit, what can I say? And Tom got kind of his usual too, which was a grilled drum with, uh, with almond, it was a grilled drum almondine. Don the Gourmet Neighbor is there. Let's talk to Don the Gourmet Neighbor. Well, hello, how are you? I'm hanging in there, are you? I'm hanging in there, yeah. The, <laughs> the heat is definitely on, I can tell you that. I know. Yeah. I know. Just, uh, had, to re- had to replace an air condition that cost me a fortune, but you cannot live without it, so uh, it is what it is. And it's, you know? It is funny that you mention that. Would you like mm-hmm. to know why? I'm going to I'm jump sure back into you need the to replace almanac. air condition. <laughs> no. No, because oh, okay. on this day in 1914, W.H. Carrier patented the modern air conditioner. Wow. And that is what I put in, a carrier. How do you like that? There you go. There you That's go. Anyway, Tom was, Tom was imagining what it was like to dine at restaurants like Galatoire's and Antoine's back in the day in the summer with no air conditioning. You know, I, I think it's pro- it was probably not as bad as you think. I think that our bodies have become acclimated to air conditioning, yep. just mm-hmm. as maybe their bodies would have become acclimated to not having air conditioning. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But let's not go back and, and check it out. Let's leave it like it is. We'll keep the air, <laughs> we'll keep the air conditioning, okay? I, I, I'm so, all for that, yeah. So yesterday... Why why were you being called argumentative? I missed that. Oh, for Michael Seventy-five. I do not find you you argumentative at all. That's why I was surprised. Oh, well, thank you. I've been called a lot this week, actually. (laughs) I I missed the show. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the podcast. Not necessarily on the air, no. But um, okay. But okay. uh, well, it was, but it was Michael seventy five who did that, and Michael seventy five is argumentative because he's an attorney, and he, the the suggestion was that yeah. I should have been an attorney. Uh, hold That's on, it. I'm, I'm gonna I mean, and, and mainly this because I always take the opposing view of Michael seventy five because it will terrify yeah. me the day that I think that we have a lot in common. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So you're running around getting all these pounds of crawfish from different yes. places yes. to sample them, or what's the deal? Is that what you're doing? Okay. Well, did just, you ever make the crawfish dip? Did you tell me you were going to do no, it for a party? I, I didn't. I didn't have time, so I didn't do that. Oh. But okay. um, so I mean, are you like you going to taste the crawfish from? Well, don't you have a party every week? You can. You can. You know, do it for Probably. another one. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Actually, it's jamming on Julia Sunday, so I may uh, Saturday, so I may do that. It's a good okay. idea. Okay. So mm-hmm. the reason I'm doing it is, uh, well, you know, for entertainment value, but um, <laughs> but since I'm out and since these places are close to each other, and I am curious because mm-hmm. they are all different. You know, it's like okay. you you order a, a dish in a restaurant and then you order it in other mm-hmm. restaurants, and it's sure. the same dish, but it's done differently. So, um, is different. yeah, I mean, what, what you put mm-hmm. in the boil makes all the difference in the world. So, Absolutely. um, I, I <clears throat> have learned like this drive through crawfish place I was talking about. That's great crawfish. Mm-hmm. That's really good really? stuff. Yeah. Nice. And then there's another drive through place up here. That's not really good. It's good mm-hmm. to fill out the meatiness, but in terms of flavor, you need some flavor 
to put in with their meatiness. I think that their crawfish are, are bigger, <laughs> but the flavor needs to be put in there. This is what we okay, do, Don. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's just coincidence that their crawfish are larger. I mean, uh -huh. it, it all depends upon what you get that day. So uh -huh. I, I don't think, okay. I was just put, trying to make it, can I put it to you another way? Uh -huh. can, I put, can I put it to you another way? Every day, I sit here and fill two hours. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. So I'm with you. I can okay, say, well, wait, what'd you say, Henry? No, I said I'm with you. I'm with you. And I am going to try the crawfish uh, recipe. And uh -huh. I'll let, what do you serve it with? Like, just like French bread toasted up? Or well, you, you know, it's it really with? interesting. I've served it with different things. And my first uh -huh. thought is to serve it with crostini. Mm. But the first crostini that I made, mm. I didn't like so well. And mm. I had, um, I just happened to have some flour tortillas here. And I threw those oh. in. And I did like that. But it becomes kind of a thick pasty thing so it's not yeah. a dip really it's more like a spread so you would have to put you know a little a little spreader in there and i would say crostini and here's what i did wind up doing last time i warmed it over but i put i had you know as i've made the point several times i can't throw anything mm -hmm. away so and i'm really starting to embarrass myself with all the things that i take so that you know because i know <laughs> it's going right in the garbage so i had mm -hmm. two slices of um focaccia from a restaurant that i'm still trying to remember where it was i'm gonna have to check my american express bill and we brought it home and it was just sitting there and i was going to give it to tom for breakfast but i sliced it very thin put it back in the oven and made really pretty great crostini from that. I mean, that was really? good crostini. So um, now I've got some sourdough that I bought, which I don't want in the house because <clears throat> I'm nutso about sourdough. I'm going to eat that whole loaf uh, and I don't want to do that. So what I'm oh going to do is, is slice it smaller and make like strips of sourdough dippers and make that a crostini. So the answer to your question, that was a long answer to your question. I think crostini. Oh, I get it. Christine. So why didn't you like your crostini that you made? You burned it? I don't know why I didn't like it. I, I, I usually... don't... It depends on the bread, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got to have yeah. a... It, yeah. It's really good if you've got a, a baguette that is several days old. Yes. And then you cut it. I cut it thin, put it on the uh, little uh -huh. tray, little olive oil, and I bake it really yeah. slow and low. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, like two, like two fifty for about forty-five minutes, almost to an hour, and then it comes out perfect. So, did you do you did usually you, make your own crostini? Yes, well, of course. <laughs> Does that surprise you? No, <laughs> it doesn't. But if you had said no, that wouldn't surprise me either. Look, I'm actually trying to figure out a way to sous vide the, Christ the Christini, you know? <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if that would work or not, but it's, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a thought. So, uh, anyway, okay, well, you yeah, do that. Make your own Christini. It, it, it's good. I, I, it keeps for a long time, too. You can freeze yeah. it. Uh -huh. you know? So we'll make a big yeah, batch. I I'll freeze some and then just let it thaw out. So. I'm liking this focaccia thing, though, because I thought it was really good. And I'm expecting that the sourdough will make good crostini, too, because oh, I'm going to get rid of that sourdough or I'm just going to keep eating it. You know, I have never there's something had a bad just, sourdough. 
Oh, God, I love sourdough. Love it. You know, I, it. I bought this sourdough to make the meatloaf sandwich. Mm -hmm. And the meatloaf sandwich was a big disappointment. But I have the sourdough now. So I've been toasting uh -huh. the sourdough and just eating it with two sunny eggs so you can dip the sourdough right. in the yolks. Yeah. Oh, something where did you, simple, where did you but get the sourdough? So good. Whole Foods. Where'd you buy it? At Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Okay, they do have yeah. And it, My, it's close to, it, it tastes good. It's got a good flavor, just as if it were made, you know, because sometimes it's hard, just like you can't make French bread in California, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, it's all about the starter, but yeah, so it's good. Right. No, I liked it. <sighs> I like it a lot. I think they, I think their bread is good. I mean, no one, no one is ever going to replace Murray, the baker at Foodies. Mm -hmm. You know. I knew you were going to, it's so funny you said that, because I, I just had that thought in my head, and I remember driving home from Foodies, and uh -huh. we always buy an extra loaf of bread, because uh -huh. between the kids, my wife and I, we'd eat the whole loaf before we got yeah. back to Chalmette. Yep. It was that good. He was it great. It was that good. I wonder whatever happened to Murray. I'm going to have to ask T. Martin the next time I see her. I miss oh, that well. so much. It was before it's time. It was, it before, was it's before it's time. It was yep. before it's time. That, you know, we should do something on something that was before it's time. That was before it's time. The Lucky Rooster was before it's time. Definitely. Loved it. And loved it. Loved I'm it, loved trying it. to think of other things like that. We'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, other, we'll create a little list. Yeah. There's a little list of places that were just before it's time. But those were heartbreakers because they're really, really good. All right. Take yep, care. We're good. Thanks right, for calling. Take care. We will take a break and be right back with Ron, the gourmet neighbor, uh, waiter. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The Anchor in Madisonville has opened for the season with food to match the spectacular setting along the beautiful Shafunkta River. The smoker is turning out a variety of smoked meats for barbecue family packs. The expanded menu includes sandwiches, salads, and poor boys, but also a crawfish boil, seafood plates, and a lot of great appetizers. Bring the family to the anchor at the Chifuncta River in Madisonville. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. I'm very excited. I'm getting to have another anchor hot dog this week. Definitely going back there for that. Let's go to Ron, the gourmet waiter. It's Ron, the gourmet prom date. How are y'all doing? <laughs> well, you're not the prom date yet. Not yet. May well, we 13th hear the story. the prom date. What? Can we hear the story on May 13th since it's my birthday? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wait, okay, are we, are we sure. looking for, which story are you looking for? Tom's prom date? Yes. Okay. Because Mary Lee's birthday story is a great story, but Tom's prom date will tell. Okay. Well, since it's my birthday, we'll tell them both if that's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it two for Tuesday or whatever or whatever day uh, my birthday's on. <laughs> you don't know. You know what's so Let's nice. See, you gonna... know what's so nice about 
following uh, Don, the gourmet neighbor. What? He, cover, he covers so many topics that you never have to worry what you're going to talk about. I was actually going to talk about crawfish and then all this other stuff that y'all were talking about. It's like we have a buffet. There you go. As long as it's not anyway, a buffet. Uh, buffet, uh, whatever. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, yeah, do you know? Do you know um, the reference to that? Do you understand the reference? Have you heard Tom talk about that? A bad buffet is a buffet. So when I buffet. talk about the show being a buffet, I just want to make sure it's not a buffet. All right, go ahead. It's a buffet. Buffet. Okay. Anyway, some little coon uh, Cajuns, you know, coon asses from Kibido. Uh, uh, came to one of my crawfish boils one time, and I was having about 30 people. And they asked me if they could boil a batch. And I'm like, sure. So what they did is they over-seasoned the water, okay? You're going to put more seasoning in than you normally would. You make it kind of like real hot. And you take the crawfish and you put them in, and you stir them for a second. And when they come to a boil, you want to boil them for five minutes, which is longer than most people do. But since they've been, since you've cooked them longer, and because you've got the water so spicy, you get to soak them less. The method's called five and five. And yes, you can have crawfish in about 10, 12 minutes. They were some of the best I've ever had, and they were not too spicy. Because you're pulling them out before they have a chance to soak up too much seasoning. Uh-huh. They were really okay. good, though. I would imagine. I mean, it's kind of hard to do a bad crawfish, I think. I don't know. I mean, I even, even in my experiments, I haven't had a bad crawfish. But there are definitely differences, and some are much better than others. Uh, yeah, I, think a lot, I think some people just like them hotter than other people. I don't like them that hot. And when people think that they're, they're good because they're so hot, sometimes I just can't. I really don't eat that many because they're too hot. Yeah. Well... That's what spice will do to you. It keeps you from eating a lot. Did you hear the show yesterday, Ron? I heard part of it. Did you hear the, the guy that was talking to me about being a waiter and eating food in the back? Uh, no, but that's a very common practice in some restaurants. That's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask you. See, he was a waiter at Bart's. And it was a long time ago because Bart's has been gone for a long time, which is a very good restaurant, by the way. And he talked about being in high school and they would take the lobster tail and finish it off in the kitchen. And that whenever these prom dates would be coming in, they didn't take the food. They just sent it back to the kitchen because they didn't want to be seen as eating too much. And so the waiters would really have a field day there. They would really enjoy that. And I said to him, I wonder if that is true today, because I really imagine, and I might be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. I would imagine that the incidence of people taking the remainder of the food that they ordered home has shot up some incredible amount. I would imagine that back in the 70s and 80s, maybe most people didn't take their food, whereas I'm guessing something like 95% of people do now. Is that right? I think more people take food home than in the past. 
I will say that in several restaurants that I've worked at as a waiter, a lot of times I would come back into the kitchen to come get something. And one of my uh, other servers, one of my other waiters there, uh, would just have a mouthful. And I'm like, what are you eating? I didn't really care. And they, they open up their mouth, and it's like, oh, well, that's filet. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, I mean, they just, you know, as soon as they step back into the kitchen, if the restaurant lets you do it, it it's all up to the chef, really. Um, uh-huh. You know, the chef kind of runs the kitchen. And, uh, I, I mean, yes, I saw it half the restaurants I worked at. If you, ate, if you had a lobster okay. and you only ate half okay. of it, okay. uh, they'll eat the other half in the kitchen. Okay, that was my question. I was wondering if that was a practice that I am sure was much more widespread then than is now, but it's still very widespread now? I think so. Um, You know, one of the reasons why you want to make sure you get along with the chef is not only do they sometimes call your orders out when they're complete, which is real handy. Like, you know, I'll I'll be doing something and I'll hear, Ron! And I come back into the kitchen and somebody's assembled my whole order on a tray for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's one reason why you want to make sure that you can be friends with the chef. Uh, the other one is, uh, is on a redo. If Marianne Fitzmorris comes in and orders a medium-rare steak, and it's, it's served medium well, and it's sent back, when I'm walking the steak back into the kitchen, if I get along with the chef, I look at the, I look at the chef and I say, well, and he or she says, eat it, but make it quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. It all depends how busy I, I you are because that... a medium rare steak, uh, you know, a medium well steak, uh, you know, don't get that many that, that want a medium well. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's that was one of the things we were talking about yesterday too. Medium ordering your steak. It was prime rib that was the the topic of the day or one of the topics of the day, and uh, and I was talking about how I always say tell them to tell them to ruin a steak for me, you know, because I don't want it necessarily well but I definitely do want it medium well but I figured that you would know because I know you've worked your you know uh, the large part of your adult life in kitchens and you would first of all have known what it was like back then but also now and to see the difference between the two yeah well you know the difference is is we've got more corporate restaurants than we used to have you know and when I say corporate it doesn't have to be a uh a McDonald's or something. I mean, look at what these Creole cuisine concepts people have done. They own right. about 30 restaurants right. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of practices across the board, you know, yeah. through all of the restaurants. Yeah, for sure. I, I, miss, all I right. miss the old days where they were just standalone restaurants. Anyway, great show as always. Uh, super yeah. job, Henry. See you all yeah. soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I don't know that... Corporate restaurants is ipso facto a terrible thing. I think that the Creole Cuisine Group does a good job. I think they're a very uh, fair representation of the local cuisine both in their casual, touristy restaurants in the quarter and across the board. I think that if you, as a tourist, walk in to a Creole cuisine establishment, you are going to get a very good picture of what we do here in the kitchen. And that's not true of a lot of corporate 
entities. <coughs> five five six nine six nine six is a number. I don't think I'm going to make it to the top of the hour, Henry. So I'll let you take the music through. <coughs> we have stand battles coming up at three o'clock. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans. We'll be back after the top of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. J. Rust every weekday at 6 p.m. for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden will make his first address to a joint session of Congress in a primetime speech tonight. Biden will lay out his policy vision as he prepares to end his first 100 days in office. Republican Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina will be in the spotlight tonight as he will be giving the rebuttal to Biden's speech. As far as what we can expect to hear from the president, Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz says you should be prepared to get out your pocketbook. We've seen trillions of dollars of spending and tonight Joe Biden is going to propose trillions of dollars more. He's going to propose trillions of dollars in additional taxes. If you're an American, if you're working, your taxes are going up. Federal investigators executed a search warrant at the New York City apartment of Rudy Giuliani. That's according to his lawyer. Giuliani has been under investigation for his business dealings in Ukraine. USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare, our patented process with tiny silver particles. One one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. On Tuesday, the CDC recommendations for wearing face masks outdoors was revised. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky saying fully vaccinated people can gather in small crowds without masks outdoors. Johns Hopkins Hospital Dr. Marty McCrary tells Fox News we could have had this information made available to us a long time ago. It's about 14 months too late. Remember, a lot of the research that they're citing came out last year, and it's not much of a loosening. If you think about it, all they really told, is, told us is that if you're fully vaccinated, you can be in small crowds without a mask. Look, the outside is entirely safe. This is settled science, and the public health leaders and our politicians could do us a big favor by taking off their mask after they're fully vaccinated. The only exception is when you're indoors in a public setting. Business leaders are asking people to keep a mask on. The Fed Reserve, after two days of meeting, says they are not planning on moving interest rates anytime soon. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wyatt Cox. Each and every day, the USA Radio Network produces three hours of the greatest radio programs of all time. Comedies, drama, suspense, it's all there. Classic radio theater. Now, if your radio station doesn't carry the program... 
You can find them anywhere podcasts are served, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker. Just search for USA Classic Radio Theater. Find it. USA Classic Radio Theater. You'll love it. We're just hours away from President Biden's first address to Congress. Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill are expecting some talk of raising taxes. President Biden is expected to introduce a proposed increase in the capital gains tax Wednesday night during his address to a joint session of Congress as part of a $1.5 trillion spending package for his American Families Plan. The White House says the increase in the tax will affect less than half a percent of Americans, but critics say it will still have a negative effect on the economy. Senator Steve Daines says it's those people that will be affected most by the tax. Overnight, some clouds, muggy and warm. It'll drop to lows about 70 or so in the morning. Again, the humidity on the higher side with those warm temperatures tomorrow. Another warm day, partly cloudy to cloudy at times. Tomorrow's highs go to the mid-80s. We'll be under more clouds and a chance of a shower and thunderstorm on Thursday. An approaching front will enhance that rain chance Thursday night on into Friday, where it turns slightly cooler by then. 80s for highs Thursday, 70s Friday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Music, it means it's the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show, and this is the second hour on a beautiful Wednesday. That means we have Stan Meadows on the line. Stan is calling from fill in the blank. Stan, I never know Tom where you are. Tom Deterre State Park in the lovely town of Hermitage, Missouri, in the Ozark Mountains. Now, why is it called Palm Deterre? Apparently, back in the 1800s, when it was discovered uh, by some French people, uh, they thought something looked like a potato. I haven't got to the bottom of the story. Uh, Well, Stan, you have to get to the bottom of the story. I'm thinking they're growing potatoes there. They might be. I don't know. It's 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 kind of... Rocky for potatoes. I guess you could grow a potato about anywhere if the weather was there. But it's a mm-hmm. it's a big reservoir that was created to prevent flooding up up through this area. And it's a beautiful, okay. beautiful lake and a beautiful campground. I think I'm the only one out here camping in about a hundred and fifty site campground. Uh but this oh weekend goodness. uh uh Reenactment, Civil War reenactment is going to take place. This is a big Civil War area, uh, and it's going to be taking place about a half a mile from here. So I'm going to look forward to going to that and trying some of the uh, street food, I guess, carnival food that they would have at it. Uh, they say it's all <laughs> I would think that it would be filled up then. Uh, your your campground should be filled up. up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All the sites have reservation cards on them, so it'll be uh, okay. filled up. 
Okay. So the resort will be, um, is this a resort? That's a state park, which is, which okay. means you got bigger sites and is, you know, I can put a big tent out and build a big kitchen outside. The, the funnest mm -hmm. part about that, whenever a hundred people come in with their motor homes and trailers is watch them trying to park them without hitting anything because <laughs> most people are too good about backing up things like that. Yeah. True. Maybe I should My put niece, a sign I... that I'll twenty dollars. I'll back their stuff in for them. <laughs> Make sure both LW and uh, and Franco are inside the RV when the uh, when the rush starts. When rolling over the dogs. Um, my niece, I think I told you this, and her husband are also on the road. They did what you are doing the year previous to you doing it because I'm just fascinated by someone that gets into a motorhome <laughs> and starts traveling the country. And they used to have a lot of uh, stories about how it was his job to drive it and her job to do the airplane, you know, thing where you coach them in and, and, and show them where to go. So I'm sure that is kind of an interesting thing. So the Civil War I, I, thing starts this weekend. Go ahead, what? Yeah, I think with the back and end, I think what happens from my observation, because I've seen that a lot, where the where the lady gets kicked out of the motorhome <laughs> and is reduced to, to airplane backing them in, uh -huh. they're not paying, the guys aren't paying any attention to them. They just want to get them out of the rig because they're yelling <laughs> at them and screaming at them for not being able to back it in. So they're not watching uh. them. Right. I see. Okay. Well, it must be really tough. I mean, I, I, have you had any harrowing experiences like that? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. No, it's, not at all. I'm an expert uh -huh. at driving anything okay. that drives. Okay. <laughs> well, I have to say, I consider myself one too, except I'm very bad at backing up and it's mainly cause I don't pay attention, but, um, but I would really be nervous about backing something like that up for sure. So it, they start, the, the uh, campground is supposed to f start filling up, what, tomorrow, I guess, if it's this weekend? Yeah, they'll start filling up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Stan, do you have a weakness for carnival food? You've talked an awful lot about carnival food. It's okay, you can confess it here. I, I love carnival food. I've, I've sold food on the streets. Uh, you know, I lived in St. Louis, and I had uh, hot dog vending carts. I'd sell food on the streets. During Mardi Gras in New Orleans for the last, I guess, six years, I've had a tent out on the parade route at St. Charles and Poitras and sold just a bunch of carnival food. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We right in front of the Intercontinental Hotel. Oh, we I have see. A big okay. Tent, uh -huh. Have a big tent and sell. Uh, it was a big operation. Mm -hmm. uh, and in Florida, we've always put a tent in front of Stinky Fish Camp. And okay. I owned a produce company in Florida, and I'd put a tent out in front of there and sell food sometimes. Uh -huh. So yeah, I I enjoy that. You're you're really into the carnival and street food concept. Okay, so you like being a consumer of it as well. What's your favorite carnival food that you've had? Well, my fa my favorite, if you call it carnival food, I call it jazz fest food. I guess it's the same thing as that crawfish monica that they make. Mm -hmm. at jazz fest uh which this this week is you know it's uh, in between yeah. jazz fest this mm -hmm. week so they're having jazz fest in place so i've been listening to that and participating i bought some frozen crawfish tails from cajun ed in tulsa 
and made some uh my version of crawfish monica with the crawfish mac and cheese and then i'm gonna make crawfish pies tomorrow i got everything i needed for that then i also bought some allig- uh some alligator crawfish from cajun ed i'm gonna cook that up uh I guess if it's so you can have your own jazz party. fest. Yeah, well, we're we're jazz. We're definitely jazz fest, and I've been listening to it. It's actually a good thing that they're doing, trying to raise some money for the musicians that, that play it. They're playing recordings of back even back to the seventies, whenever it first started. Mm-hmm. What is that on WWNO or something? Where is that? WWOZ. Ah, I see. Okay, so are you gonna are you gonna sell some of your jazz fest food to your fellow campers, or are you gonna just be um, sociable and and welcome them over to sample it? I'm gonna make friends, and uh-huh. give it to them. Okay. Um, okay. So you'll be cooking for the people who are coming in this weekend. Yes, and then if I figure if I feed a few of the people, maybe they'll give me a ride. It's a mile away where the that where that little festival is and i don't want to have to break down the motor home and i don't want to have to walk so maybe i get a ride over i trade the crawfish pie for a ride <laughs> i see so you're gonna you're gonna commence doing that this evening you're gonna do your yeah, your, gonna, your jazz fest cooking yeah i'm gonna start prepping everything this evening okay. and tonight i'm having the crawfish mac that i made and some alligator tamales alligator tamales mm-hmm Cajun Ed makes them. They're great. Okay. So he made them. Okay. I see. Yeah. All right. He so, makes them and ships them out. Uh, um, are, you, uh, are you staying there past the weekend? You're going to be there for a couple of weeks, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to probably be here for two weeks and okay. um, then head out, head oh, out okay. to Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I'm kind of having to wait because Franco's got to get his booster shots in a couple of weeks. So. I'm getting them done at Springfield at the vet, so I need to kind of wait around here for that. I see. Okay. So, um, have you have you been investigating any of the food that you could go out and eat in a restaurant in that neck of the woods? I haven't got to town yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this area, it's just a real small, real small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I did find that I ate at between Tulsa and here, there's a, a chain called Boomerangs. And they're like 1950 diners, and there's 55 of them. Oh, wow. I've never heard of them. And it's just like a mom and pop thing, but there's 55 of them. And, what and states are they in? They a couple of them. I'm going to have to look that up. Boomerangs. I've but never find heard of that. Some barbecue places up here in the Ozarks. They got great barbecue. Uh, from last What's, year when I drove through here, I found that. What well, kind of style is it? What kind, of, um, what kind of style? Well, it's not it's not the sweet sauce or the Kansas City. I'd say it's kind of its own, like it's a hickory hickory barbecue sauce type things, and they open pit smoke it. I do know that. Huh. Uh, so okay. I, I don't I don't know for sure what you call it. I guess Ozark yeah. Ozark yeah. barbecue country ham. Yeah, I heard you less. I heard <laughs> you. Uh, show yesterday about servers eating the food yeah and i know a little bit about the restaurant business um, so have you is that something you have observed recently 
Yeah, you know what? Over the years, you know, like you're correct, back in the, in the 80s and 90s, not as many, taking food home wasn't really the thing. Uh, okay. And I think that, that what happened probably, I don't know, what happened maybe five or six years ago is restaurants wanted people to take their food home. So when they woke up in the morning and they had a half order of shrimp and grits left they could heat it up and eat it for breakfast and they would remember their experience in that restaurant Mm -hmm. Uh Uh, and so you know the restaurants i've been involved in we would even we would encourage it to a point that you know if somebody wanted to take a half a steak home and that steak came with potatoes and and green beans or whatever we would add a little bit more of that to the to-go plate, kind of replate it. So when they opened it the next day, uh, it would look fresh and, and look like somebody had, had paid attention to it. That's and nice. I, I think that's, that's, that's nice. where it's at now. Uh, you know, somebody well, orders a crawfish pie and they want to take half of it with them, put a little bit of etouffee on top of it and you know, a little bit of parsley. Uh <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to start letting the restaurant box up my food because you see, I'm usually really embarrassed at the stuff that I put in there. Cause a lot of it goes to my doggies. So it's like every mm-hmm. scrap goes off the plate and into the doggy bag. And usually if I send it, it doesn't, it doesn't turn out that way because they're normal people and they're thinking normally and they box up the stuff that looks edible and they leave all the garbage but see the dog will eat the garbage which is why i always box it myself but now i'm thinking wow if you're filling up the rest of it back in the kitchen i'm going to go ahead and send it back and have you box it up would you say that um there is a great increase in the last i don't know like you said five years i'm thinking five to ten years of people who are taking food and that that takeout container expense in a restaurant has grown exponentially yes yes it has and yes the paper products have went up that's why and especially through this pandemic i've noticed that more restaurants are charging a 10 to 20 percent fee uh for to-go food for to-go boxes uh or even a set amount where it's a dollar or a dollar fifty but then that, yeah. What that forces them to do a better job and make sure they just don't throw the food in the to-go box. They place it in there correctly and, you know, put a little etouffee on top of the crawfish pie to make it look mm-hmm. presentable. Uh, okay. Because I, I definitely yeah, I think, feel like there's... God, I'm sorry. What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel like there's definitely... Um, it is it is an enormous task to have a restaurant and you have to put together not only the food the ambiance the seat has to be thought about you know the size table the spacing of the table the utensils the wine glasses all of these things require a lot of thought and i feel like in the last you said five years i'd say five to ten years people are really having to choose between much elevated takeout containers and the expense that goes with it because people are doing so much more taking out. Yes. And and then you have to turn it into a marketing opportunity. You know, also if you're going to put their to go food in a bag, 
you need to put a copy of a paper copy of your menu or a ten percent mm-hmm. off your next visit rebate form uh-huh. in there. And, and I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize that the restaurateurs were thinking of it so much as an opportunity like that. All right, so the last question is before we take a break. There is a lot of eating of other people's food in the kitchen with waiters. That's there a question. There is, and, and you see it, and it all depends on the, the chef, if he's going to tolerate it or not. Really? Um, really? Okay, I didn't realize you know, that the chef was bothered by things like that. I didn't realize the chef had time to notice things like that. The the chef does notice those things, and I think that it's disgusting that somebody's going to do that. <laughs> I do uh, and I would I always, too. I would never tolerate that in any of my restaurants. I would uh-huh. encourage the, the most important person in the back of the house, in my opinion, is the dish machine operator. A lot of people uh-huh. call them dishwashers, but uh-huh. You know, those those guys see every bit of food that comes back to the trash can, and a, uh-huh. a good dish machine operator will come up and say, hey, can I taste some vegetables, because I'm getting a lot of vegetables back, and they're probably too salty, or they're putting uh-huh. too much spice on this or on that, because I'm getting a lot of it back. Uh, uh, I a, see. a good chef and a good restaurant operator is not going to let any of his employees go hungry and certainly not going to make them be reduced to eating off other people's plates. They're going to make sure there's a family meal, you know, before shift starts. Or if uh-huh. they notice somebody's losing energy, give them a bowl of gumbo or something. Uh-huh. They should do okay. that. If not. All right. Well, it might be that these waiters are like me, where they just can't bear the thought of throwing something in the garbage. All right. We have Stan Meadows on the line. He is our traveling man. He's out out and about in his motor home with his doggies, LW, and now Franco the Young'un. And uh, he checks in with us every Wednesday to tell us what he's finding out there in the wide open spaces. And we'll be back with him after these messages. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. People always ask us, what's the best new restaurant? And lately, that's an easy one. Chifuncta's in Madisonville is not only the best new restaurant, it's in a class by itself. Bright, airy dining rooms with great views of the Chifuncta River offer a glamorous dining experience. Chef Michael Gottlieb's kitchen turns out delicious food. There's a great wine list, craft cocktails, and impeccable service. Preserve your own unique dining experience. Chifuncta's. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think 
Come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. So Stan, this Palme de Terre State Park, can you uh, can you do adventures in the reservoir? Do they have like boats and stuff to rent? Hello? You can, it's a big fishing area. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people fishing. Uh, I sold. Are you going to be doing in, any fishing? No, I sold dead fish in restaurants for forty years, and I don't care anything about catching <laughs> one and dealing with it right now. Uh, uh-huh. okay. But yeah, there's, it's a big recreation area. It's a huge fishing area around mm-hmm. here. Okay, uh, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful lake and beautiful scenery. I've been working a lot with Franco, getting him trained. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing for recreation. Okay. Now, um, are you going to uh, investigate the origin of, of palm de terre, or is the answer that you gave me that it looks like a potato really the answer? Oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to investigate. I'm going into the little town of Hermitage, okay. Uh, okay. Missouri, tomorrow and talk okay. to some people and been, been thinking about maybe getting a haircut i'm not too good at getting haircuts and there's mm-hmm. a barber shop in town i've seen there's only 461 okay. people live in town so mm-hmm. okay well let's see let's see out. what you come up with with hermitage but if a place is called palm de terre state park then i'm intrigued by that and i'm wondering what that means i mean i wonder if there this was a potato growing area at some point so uh that will that will be your charge for the week we'll we'll find out hopefully from stan if you're investigating the gangsters and following the trail of the gangsters and the best shrimp remoulade in las vegas then we can put you on that palme de terre state park figure out why it's called that you know and and looking around I, I may have that answer without knowing. There's a lot of big rocks, mm-hmm. big brown rocks, like maybe three feet high, four hmm. feet high, and on the ground all okay. over the place. And they do kind well, of look like is. potatoes. <laughs> well, maybe well, maybe a, it is that simple. <laughs> it could be. It, yeah, that'd be funny if it is. Just maybe it's just that simple. Okay, so do you have any idea what sort of carnival food is going to be served this weekend? Is it uh, is it part know. of the theme in any way? Hmm? I'm sure it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be themed with pre-1864, it'll be like little shepherd pies and and things like that. But I'm sure you're also going to have your uh, funnel cakes and uh, corn dogs and things like yeah. that it'll be interesting to see i'm not big into eating fried fritos or, or what you call fried yeah. uh, hostesses but uh, I, yeah. I like watching other people eat them that was you know, that was my back. question yeah, i mean I, 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 yeah okay because like i i mean you certainly spend enough time in really fine restaurants i mean i can't imagine you know uh hanging out in a place like Trinas and then um, really, really getting into a funnel cake. Although we all have our secret food proclivities that, you know, we maybe don't want to tell anyone about. So I was just wondering if you were really big into 
fried Twinkies and uh, funnel cakes and the like. So basically your interest in carnival food is selling good New Orleans style street food. Yeah, I guess in my depth, if I define street food, it would be crawfish beignets okay. or street tacos or something like that. Okay. You know, to get back to get back to the servers eating food, this is really <laughs> how they're doing it. They're waiting <laughs> until it's an eight or a ten top uh-huh. where nobody where nobody's looking at the bill, uh-huh. and they're adding they're adding the side order of boudin bites uh-huh. on the bill. And when it comes out, they take it in the back storeroom and eat it real quick, and hopefully nobody notices. <gasps> if, somebody, if somebody does notice that they got an extra boudin bite on their bill and they complain to the manager, then they just look it up like it was a mistake. And then they don't have to eat used food. Is that true? Is that right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's, 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 happened, that's happened quite a bit in my life. No kidding. Well, you know what? Most people are probably like us where they don't really go over a bill that much. You know, when I go over a bill, I I go over a bill if it's unusually high. But for the most part, it comes to the table and I sign it. That's it. You look at the amount and then you you add the tip on based on the amount. Mm -hmm. You don't really worry about it. But right. if, if you if you walk if you go to a restaurant that sells like uh, fried ravioli or cheese sticks, I guarantee some of those servers has them in their apron pocket, waiting to eat. <gasps> oh my goodness, Stan! That is um, that's definitely interesting information. All right, so I, note I hate to, to break all that news, everybody, but. It's not a- <laughs> It's valuable news. Now people are going to start checking their bill a little bit better. Now there'll be a lot of servers that are annoyed with you, but uh, the diners are certainly appreciative. That's all I can say. All right, Stan, back to your Franco training, and we will talk next week. You you are definitely going to be in Springfield next week. Is that right? Yes, yes, definitely. All right. Okay. Stan Meadows is going to off to enjoy his uh, Civil War enactment in Missouri and to train his dogs. And we will talk next week, Stan. Thanks. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I am here. I'll want my lonesome again. It's 3.30. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. A bill that could have prevented minors from seeking gender therapy has been shelved with a session. Jeff Palermo has the story. Oklahoma Senator Mike Fessy brought a bill to the legislature that would require the consent of both parents before a juvenile that wants to change genders can seek counseling, get hormone treatments, or gender-related surgeries. All I want to do is make sure we, we follow the rules with keeping parents involved. But there was a lot of opposition. Opponents say the family dynamics can make it difficult to get both parents to consent, and this transgender individual... The only thing this bill will successfully accomplish is the prolonged suffering and increased suicide rates of Louisiana's youth. Fessy decided to pull his bill from consideration. I'm Jeff Palermo. A head-on collision in Assumption Parish claims the lives of two men. State police say 31-year-old Donald Jones and 46-year-old Tyrone Clark were killed Tuesday. Investigators believe the vehicle that Jones was driving crossed the center line and struck the vehicle where Clark was a passenger. LRN.
Okay, secure the vehicle and check the perimeter. I'll be back in five. Yes, sir. May I help you? I have an order slip here for a money transport. I'm sorry, a what now? My boss told me to come here and pick up a money transport. He wrote it right here, see? Stacked cash. Oh, you mean stacked. The new family of games from the lottery. I do not copy. Stacked. The new instant win games from the lottery. You could win up to $200,000, and each of them are loaded with special prize amounts. Get stacked today by playing the stacked family of games from the lottery. Loaded with cash prizes, win up to $200,000. Look alive, we've got valuable cargo here, son. How many stacks today, sir? All of them, son. I got them all. Pick up the stacked family of games today. Win up to $200,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Join Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA every Friday on Facebook for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a webcast featuring New Orleans funk musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans who are impacted by COVID-19. You can also contribute during the show through the use of our virtual tip bucket. So be with us every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook to have a funky time and support our music community from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge. For more info, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Yes, indeed, 5569696. Boy, that was interesting. I, uh, I had no idea. I mean, I, I heard stuff like that, but to hear that from someone like Stan, who is in the restaurant business in a management ownership position, I am... Um, definitely going to pay a little bit more attention. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk. Here I am. Marianne Fitzmore is here on the Tom Fitzmore's Food Show. Stan Meadows joins us every Wednesday, as you know, and uh, was picking up on a conversation that we had yesterday with a caller who had worked at Bart's on the lakefront as a high schooler and was talking about eating things that came back to the kitchen. So I asked Ron, the gourmet waiter, who's been a waiter for his career, uh, if that was something that was common. And so Stan offered to weigh in on that, which I am very appreciative of, because it's definitely interesting to get a different perspective. That was an owner's perspective, and um, and it's it's fascinating. That's all I can say. Uh, we were talking to Don, uh, the gourmet neighbor, earlier about his broken air conditioner. And it reminded me to mention that today is the day that the air conditioning was patented by a carrier. And it was in 1914. So think about that. Think about how long before you ever went to the restaurants that Tom mentions, like Arnaud's and Antoine's, how long it was before you went there in, in August that it was comfortable or uncomfortable because there was no air conditioning and the humidity in this area. And I think that Don was right, because I mentioned that to Don. He said, well, you know, if you didn't know about it, and that's true, it, what you don't know doesn't hurt you. So. Once it was introduced, though, uh, people definitely would be missing it. That's for sure. Don also asked why I am 
uh, continually buying and talking about crawfish. And the answer is because it's crawfish season, because there's a crawfish obsession out there, and because I have caught the bug. And uh, I started off the show by talking about a dinner that we had at Cafe Lynn last night, where it was right next to drive through Crawfish. And then I thought drive through Crawfish was a really great product. And then he wanted to know why I kept buying Crawfish. And the answer is because they're different and we can sort of compare them. So there are three bags of Crawfish on my kitchen counter right now. And I went to have another little hit of a couple of them during the news break last hour or earlier this hour. And I have to say that the three bags of crawfish on my counter, one of which is from Dennis's Seafood, the other is Captain Sid's, and the third one is Schaefer and Rusich. I would say that of those three, and there is really only a very subtle difference, I would say that Schaefer and Rusich is my favorite, followed closely by Dennis's, and lastly by Captain Sid's. And each one of those places is really different in its vibe. Mandeville Seafood is my favorite, and it's a sponsor of the show. So the question I'm sure in your mind is, is it a favorite because it's a sponsor? And the answer is no. It's a sponsor because it's a favorite. Because we wouldn't want to have someone that we didn't really like as a sponsor of the show. And Mandeville Seafood, before they were a sponsor of the show, we often talked about how extraordinary a place it is. And it is a restaurant and a market. And the market... You know, to be perfectly honest, we go to the market more than we do the restaurant, which is basically a fried seafood place. And since we don't eat a lot of fried seafood, um, we don't we don't go to the restaurant as much. But the market we absolutely love, and the market is really cool. And it's my it's my pinnacle of markets, I would say. It's bright and airy. The shelves are lined with all kinds of cool stuff. It smells like seafood. It's it's you know, perfectly clean. You can eat off the floor. And it's my number one in terms of a market. So even like a restaurant has its own vibe, all of the seafood markets do too, as I learned today when I went in there. Because usually I just go to Mandeville Seafood. But I went into Schaefer and Rusich, and that is kind of also what you would expect to find in a New Orleans seafood market. They've been around for 50 years, and it's, you know, the, the tubs where you sell what you're selling, and then a couple of things lining the walls. Captain Sid's was definitely different. It was much newer, much more Spartan, and it had sort of a, um, a sanitized appearance to it. And then I went to Dennis's, which has been around for 46 years, and it was my least favorite in terms of appearance and vibe. 
and it had an unusual like cleanliness smell which didn't really go too well with the uh, the seafood you know it was it was and and it's it's like tom says about chinese restaurants you have your favorites that's what you're used to that's where you go and i went to mandeville seafood so many times that's what i'm used to that's my high water mark and everything else is not as good but they were perfectly fine they were all clean they were some smelled cleaner than others and by clean smell i don't necessarily mean oh this is so clean it it's like it doesn't belong that kind of super clean smell doesn't really belong here kind of thing you know anyway it was but the seafood that itself all three bags of seafood i would say are kind of interchangeable in terms of spice level goodness size all that sort of thing and that's interesting because it is a different product from three different places and i would have expected to see more discrepancy that was absolutely the case when i did last week's experiments there was a big discrepancy in all of the different ones that i picked up over here five five six nine six nine six and then i have a big project when i'm done with the show which is to actually peel all of those crawfish and to get ready to make that incredible crawfish dip again which i'm absolutely obsessed with and uh i i am not looking forward to the interminable project of peeling crawfish but the dip is good enough that it makes me want to do that and i know people would say well you know you can go ahead and buy the crawfish tails you can but you can't boil the the stock which the intense flavor of the stock is an essential part of making that crawfish dip as intensely flavored as it is so that's what uh that's what i'm gonna do I have to I have to peel them eat a few of them chop them boil the stock and get ready to do another whole project with that and i keep saying i keep saying i'm finished with the crawfish experiments, but I, I don't seem to be. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll take a little break and be right back. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls, and the food is very good, casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 
That's a song that sounds like something that you would have had in 1958. And the fact that you could have just... <laughs> I'm sorry, I stepped on the word tequila. Uh, the fact that you could have just one word as the lyrics is another one of those things where so many years ago, things were so different and now standards are so much higher. But it is so funny that uh, that would be one word as the whole lyric for the song. That was today. It hit the number one spot on the pop charts in 1958. Let's go to Michelle. Hi, Mary Ann. How are you? Hey. hey. So I have... Michelle? <laughs> I have go a ahead. special uh, secret ingredient. Well, it's my secret ingredient to use if I have to use already peeled crawfish tail, but okay. I want that boiled crawfish boiled taste. Okay. And you, what you do, and but you have to be very careful, is you use liquid crab boil. Ah, uh, huh? That makes sense. Start, yeah. Start out with, you know, an eighth of a teaspoon, mm -hmm. and you can add more, but you can't take it out. So, I use it for crawfish etouffee. I do it with a lot of crawfish dishes that oh. I do, and I want that boiled crawfish flavor without uh -huh. having, but buying to that <laughs> already. The mess, eat. without the mess, yeah. Huh. Okay. I'll bet you. So do you... A little at a time. Okay. And, and do you dilute it in water before you add it? No. I don't. No. I just put okay. it huh. in. Okay. Put a little more. You know, and I'm not talking, don't even try to use the bottle and just pour. Put it in. Oh, go oh, gosh, no. Yeah. A spoon or a teaspoon or a quarter of a uh -huh. teaspoon because you cannot, you can, this stuff is so strong. Yeah, it is strong. You can yeah. ruin the dish. You can ruin it. Yeah, but sure. That's why I'm saying I'm surprised that you don't dilute it in water. I'm surprised. Well, I guess you could dilute it in a teaspoon of water or a tablespoon mm -hmm. of water if you wanted to add water to the dish. But mm -hmm. I don't usually do that. But it works okay. perfectly. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you very much. All right. Do you make a lot of crawfish dip? No, I don't even know your recipe for crawfish dip. I need this. Okay. It was in the newsletter last week, two weeks ago. I did. We did this newsletter um, last time, which was like Friday. And then the week before that, so it was like the Crawfish Diaries Part 1 and 2. But um, I'll just give it really quickly. I had about, about seven pounds of crawfish, which amounts to a couple of cups. I mean, it's just really, it's a lot of work for a very little. And then that's chopped up very fine, along with very fine chopping of like half a bell pepper, green, half a red bell pepper, half an onion, yellow onion, uh, two stalks of celery, all this chopped fine, 
and then you you put it in the pan and and I let it get really um uh, like crusty. I let the vegetables caramelize, you know. And um and I don't really put any oil or butter. I just let the vegetables caramelize. And then as they do, I spoon some of the stock which is boiling separately and then I keep, you know, cleaning the pan with that so that you can get all the bits in there. And then after you do that, you put um, the crawfish in after the vegetables have totally wilted. You put the crawfish in, and then I put like a third of a cream cheese stick and a third of uh, sour cream. And oh, I also take a little bit of cream, you know, to, to get all that off the pan too, just a little bit, like a quarter of a cup of cream. And then after that all gets just wet, but not too wet, you know, then I put the, the sour cream and the cream cheese in there and it's, it's just killer, absolute killer. I was so shocked by how great it turned out. This is gonna be my third batch, so. All right, take care, Michelle, thank you. Appreciate the tip. Let's go to Alan, our Alan the expat. Is Louie with you? Ah. There Louis he is. Here. Okay. Let me, get, let me get out of the way. I love that song, Alan. And I'm glad you called because I always love to talk to you, but I also <laughs> love that song. <laughs> That's the main reason why I called, because I know you love this song. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you too, Alan. Well, what do you have for us today? Yeah, let me get to it, because, you know, I told Henry, it looks like Wednesdays is going to be my day. I'm working one-on-one -on -one with this one kid, and, it's you know, I'm going through withdrawals. Uh, it, I, I, <laughs> used, I used to always manage to catch the show, always, but uh -huh, times uh -huh. have really changed. Time, times are different. But anyways... And I have a list, my gosh. Oh, my um, goodness. Well, get going. you got 11 minutes. Let's go. Yeah. Here, well, maybe old, old stuff first. Did you ever find out about the uh, the restaurant that is on top of the Space Needle? Did you, did you follow no. up on? Oh, well, let me just quickly say, yeah. Is there it was. there? Because it's called Sky City, but is it there? Well, uh, the restaurant's not. Now, since they yeah. redid okay. things, you know, they have like... Okay. Uh, uh, a glass um, floor that you stand on. And, right, you know, up, exactly. Which you, mm -hmm. It kind of makes you dizzy. I, it, me, anyways. <laughs> Since they redid the Space Needle up there, put a lot of money into it, there's a, um, it's like, n not a wine bar, like a cocktail lounge with um, ah, okay. fresh, uh, fresh seafood items. It's very expensive. you got to call in advance. But, uh, uh. yeah, but not like a restaurant restaurant it's it's okay it's very fancy but you can uh, eat you can eat up there maybe i just didn't see it yes well and and again this is the uh when i don't when were you there it was probably or, five or six years ago okay and you were actually at the space needle or you weren't i mean you did we go, did go to the space there. needle and the chihuly museum yeah we did both and, oh, I, and I, we okay. bought a souvenir from the souvenir shop, but I didn't see a restaurant. Okay. Oh, you didn't. All right. Um, 
I think it it was a it was something going up there. It was either like a cocktail lounge, but it it's uh, this newer version is like uh, just it's it's for the uh, mm-hmm. for, for the Lake Union crowd. Uh, if if it it's is for those people that don't bother to check their bills in a restaurant and find too many charges on it, that's what it's for. Yeah, okay, I've got to get to that because <laughs> that's a waiter, you know, for twenty five years, and I've worked a lot of Uh-oh. places. I've seen them all, um, uh-huh. and I'm going to have to go with Ryan on this a little bit more. His experience with, you know, if 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 you're friendly with the chef, if the chef likes you. You're never going to mm-hmm. be hungry. There's always mm-hmm. going to be an opportunity for him to slip you something. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that, in, in forgive me his name, uh, on Wednesday. Who, Stan? Who, who tried. Stan. Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan. So, and, and uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's, that, that, that what he's described doesn't occur. Uh, but those are shady waiters, I think, that <laughs> do that. Yes. That. I mean, that's don't work. That I, and I had a partner one at Mr. B's who uh-huh. changed a tip. I think it was like a ten percent tip. <gasps> he got, so he scribbled in. He changed it to twenty percent, and um, got caught at it. He's my partner. Um, I didn't get fired, but let me tell you, uh, he should was, have been uh, fired. Was he fired? Dick, yo, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They called yeah, okay. the, it was a company, you know, it's one of those company meals and he mm-hmm. figured nobody's ever gonna notice. Uh and they oh, did something. And oh, he got oh. caught at it and he was he was the front waiter, um that particular night it was at Mr. B's. But I always felt like uh Mr. Brendan didn't didn't uh he always looked at me kind of funny uh after that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um that's how I'm that's how I met Chef Paul, and eventually I uh, started working for him. One of the, I, mm-hmm. I always brag, I think I was the first guy that he hired. And the the thing about Chef Paul's restaurant, they would they would like also Dan said you get a standard meal before the shift. And the great thing is that there were always these sous chefs back there, and they always wanted to impress us, so they would make mm-hmm. something. It was never anything on the menu. Um, but mm. They would always, you know, just like amaze us with something. But mm. what was irresistible was Chef Paul's. I don't know if you remember. So you get these this an assortment of muffins and breads as soon as he yeah. sat down. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We served that. The waiters, you know, was in a hot kind of a container, and we go and we place that down. It. Let me tell you, it was so hard not to grab one. And grab it in a in your in your um, a napkin. And of course, it's cloth mm-hmm. napkin. You know, it would it would yeah. you'd see the, uh, the 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 butter marks in there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was just too tempting. You, so you'd munch on yeah. that if you were really hungry because it was a busy place. You know, but uh-huh. yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, isn't it Stan S T A N Stan? And oh, I um, said Stan. Oh, my, I was. My bad. That's okay. I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to correct that. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty shocking. I I heard stories like that, but I didn't, it it seemed like it was a more common occurrence than I thought it was. All right. What else you got there on your list? Well, before I go on to something else, what what did Stan say that the second thing, he he mentioned two things. He said, 
a waiter would order, a, you know, an appetizer or something. Yeah, and right. uh-huh. um, yeah. What was the thing he said they did? And you were, ch- I didn't catch it. Uh, and, and no, that was I, it. That was. Oh, I thought wait, he, what? he also something. I thought he said. Oh, he eating did. in the back. We were talking about eating in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he, he, <clears throat> he well, didn't he believe that. that it happened that much because he thought it was disgusting. A disgusting I, principle. Yeah. I thought there was another example he gave besides uh, a waiter no. adding on something. And I thought maybe no. he was talking about changing the bill, too. But no, that was uh, enough. That was that was enough to get me shocked. Yeah. Well, that it doesn't happen much. In the 25 years I've worked, um, I, I've seen two two crooked guys, you know, and, and they, mm-hmm. they got caught. And, and, mm-hmm. Oh, quarter two sisters, um, a guy who wasn't my partner. But the police, I mean, they called the police. It was the Fine yeah. Brothers who ran uh-huh, right. the sisters. Yeah, Gosh. they're still doing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So, uh, well, it's the third generation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to get to the Pringles thing, how Ron makes mashed potatoes, but with Pringles, he just amazed <laughs> me when he called. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait, did I just hear correctly? He's making mashed potatoes out of a of Pringles. It's just like, uh-huh. blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> One time he said he takes flour. Here's what I do. I take uh-huh. some flour and I mix it with some mayonnaise <laughs> and a little bit of water. And you've got the best biscuits you, 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 you've ever eaten. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. It just blows me away with these things. Um, finally. <laughs> That's a pretty good imitation, actually, Alan. Go oh, ahead. No, he's, he's, he's yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The Red Skelton theme. He, I remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you were asking Tom if this was the, you know, the, the song that, that's played, your theme, mm-hmm. uh, right. for, the cook, for the food show. Um, mm-hmm. I think you, you thought it was Jackie Gleason, something from the Jackie Gleason show. Oh, no, uh-huh. Lawrence Welk. Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence. Welk. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you, so did you find out what it is? Because I, 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 I wanted to call, but I could It's couldn't. Holiday for Strings. And you know that was that was on the Red Skelton show. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know. I'm that. Going I didn't way know back. That. Probably nobody remembers this. But I'm glad that you yeah. told me because I I did want to know that. All right, Alan. Yeah. I'm going to give you about thirty seconds more because uh, we have to wind up the show, and I want to play uh, tequila again. So go ahead. What? Good. No tequila. Let's hear that. That's 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 a great <laughs> show. <laughs> no, Henry's got great taste in music, and I know that because of the show that comes on after this. Sometimes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, not not listen. If if I'm able to, and that that hasn't happened in a long time, where I'm able to catch uh-huh. your show and part of the uh, the show afterwards. The show that um, comes on after this, I'll promote right now. It's the Dine Wine and Spirits Show with Tim McNally. Following this, okay, that's my promo for yeah, Tim. Go ahead. Henry does the bumper <laughs> music for that, and he's just, uh, he's just I see. For a guy that's not from New Orleans, he really, he nails it. Oh, good. There you go, Henry. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm what done. else is on your list, Alan? That's it. Okay. That's All right. Yeah, we will it. expect to hear from you again on Wednesday then. I'll do my best for sure. Definitely. All right. Take care. Thank you, Alan. All right. Can we play tequila one more time? Because I want to hear the part that's where they say tequila. I stepped on it. I'll just play it in the background. We have a show Saturday night. 
for the 75 for 75 campaign. It's from 4 to 6. We're going to be doing the show as part of the telephone. So please join us for that. <laughs> I like the way he says that. All right, we have nomenu.com. If you missed a part of the show, go get it at nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. It is The Food Show. comes right up. You can find a podcast there. Please tell a friend about the show. We would love to expand the audience. They would love to know about the show, too, because, you know, it's not that and uh, it's a two-hour escape, and we'd love to provide that. We have our Instagram page, at the New Orleans Menu. We'd love for you to follow us there. You can get the newsletter. Sign up on nomenu.com. comes out twice a week. That's it for us. 4 o'clock, WGSO New Orleans. Good night. The best in whining and dining daily. It's the Dine, Wine, and Spirit Show with Tim McNally from 4 to 5 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM New Orleans. City apartment was searched and reportedly part his New York City apartment was searched reportedly part of an investigation into Giuliani's dealings in Ukraine while he was former President Trump's personal attorney. Authorities have seized Giuliani's electronic devices. A North Carolina district attorney said Wednesday that Andrew Brown Jr.'s car hit deputies before they fired shots at him killing him and the latest officer-involved shooting that is drawing the ire of Black Lives Matter activists. District Attorney Andrew Womble telling a judge at a hearing that he viewed the body cam footage of the incident and disagreed with how lawyers for Brown's family described the death. The lawyers had claimed that Brown's car was stationary when officers fired. Brown's car, however, does move forward and strike the